You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 199. Well, hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Today, we're going to address a very common question that I get about building and elevating PMOs. Where do you start? Where do you start solving problems and addressing pain points your stakeholders have? You see, I got this question from one of our PMO leaders in our community. We have a survey that we ask everyone new to our community to fill out, and this is why because I get back in touch with you when I have a specific podcast episode or other recommendation based on whatever your most pressing pain points are and questions that you have. So today we're going to address the question about which pain points you solve first. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by our big celebration on the very first ever International PMO Day. International PMO Day is an annual celebration that will take place on the second Tuesday in May every year. That's May 9th in 2023. So we are going to have our own opportunity to celebrate and elevate PMOs. The purpose of International PMO Day is just that, to celebrate and elevate PMOs. And so I want to celebrate with you. On International PMO Day, May 9th, we're going to host a workshop, a free two-hour workshop where I am going to share the most important game-changing technique that you can apply right away in your PMO, whether it's your first PMO or your 10th PMO, to elevate your PMO. Then after I share this game-changing technique that will help you change your life and the trajectory of your PMO and finally get you that seat at the table to help your organization thrive, I'm going to let you get in the hot seat with me. Now, normally the only way to get coaching from me is in the Impact Accelerator Mastermind or in our six-figure consulting client engagements. And on this special day to help all of us celebrate PMOs, we are going to let you get in the hot seat with me and get some free coaching. So bring your toughest challenge, your biggest question, your roadblock, your frustration, whatever you've got going on that is preventing you from elevating your PMO in your organization, and we will tackle it together. Now, of course, there's limited spots. So if you want to be one of the lucky few to get some real-time laser coaching from me, then you must sign up immediately to grab one of those spots. And if you haven't quite decided whether or not you're going to get in the hot seat with me, you still want to be there for the live coaching because here's what my Impact Accelerator Mastermind coaching students know. They learn so much from the questions they didn't even think to ask. And they also realized how many other people have the same challenges that they do. So in this free two-hour workshop to celebrate and elevate PMOs, I'm going to teach you exactly what to do to elevate your PMO, and then you will get your chance to ask me your toughest question. And we will do some live coaching right there in the workshop to help you get unstuck, move forward, and ultimately elevate your PMO for greater success. And as my coaching students and clients will tell you, you do not want to miss this opportunity. You're getting to leverage my 25 years of experience in the PMO space. And I can tell you that we can solve your problems much faster than you think. So you've just got to show up 
submit a question. And if you want to have one of those limited hot seats where we spend a few minutes laser coaching you and solving your toughest problem, then this is the perfect opportunity to do so. Just register for free at pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO day. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO day. And I cannot wait to see you there. Let's dive in. I received a question on our survey that we send out to our new members of our community. So if you join the newsletter, you'll get an email from me wanting to know more about you. If you have not completed this survey, I highly recommend you do so by going to pmostrategies.com forward slash survey. The reason is I answer questions either by sending you an email back, sending you a video, or adding it to our list of topics to discuss on the podcast, whether I bring in a special guest or share my insights myself. But my goal is always to answer your questions, and that's what I try and do with this podcast. So today we're going to address the following question. This came from one of our fabulous PMO leaders. I'm seven months into my role as a VP of the PMO at a new company. Congratulations, by the way. And this person said, I am hearing so many varying pain points across the organization. I need to know where to focus first to add value and build credibility. Now, for the person that wrote this, who of course will remain anonymous, congratulations on the role. I'm excited to hear more about it. I hope it's going really well for you. This is awesome. And I'm so glad you're asking this question because what this tells me so far from the person that wrote this is that they definitely are considering the stakeholders. One of the mistakes that a lot of PMO leaders make is, especially if they've had experience building a PMO once or twice, is that they will think they know the medicine the organization needs to take and they'll immediately come in, look at what's going on and start fixing things without doing that very important credibility building work to build those relationships. So number one, what I can tell from this very simple three sentence question is that this person knows they have to build those relationships and they are asking questions of their stakeholders and listening to the pain points and the challenges across the organization. That's really good news because you will save so much headache down the road by investing in building those relationships up front. This is what we do in stage two of the Impact Engine system. Stage two is all about assessing the organization, asking questions, learning what you really need to discover from those conversations in order to know where to focus your energy. So good news is that this person is asking all the right questions and listening to their stakeholders. And in that process, they are building credibility simply by asking questions and by investing in the relationships with those stakeholders. That is super, super important. So I'm really glad to see that this person is doing that work. That's awesome. And when you do that, you are going to hear a lot of complaints, a lot of complaints. That's okay. Hey, that's actually a really, really good thing. You want to let people complain, vent, talk about their challenges, talk about why they think the challenges are happening. Get really specific, clear, and intentional on your conversations with people. So it's really good that at least they're having conversations with you and you're starting to hear from them the challenges that are happening. All that's awesome. And that's great that you're doing that because a lot of people skip that step in the beginning. So really want to just ignore acknowledge and celebrate that. But it might leave you pretty stressed out when you think about all the things that you really need to fix and really wanting to fix them all at once. I totally get that. I have been there. I have been exactly there. So I'm going to talk to you about the lessons learned I have from this experience and things that we teach our students today. 
So years and years ago, in one of the organizations I was working in, I had a lot of experience in building PMOs at this point. And gosh, this was probably at least 15 years ago. And I had been doing it for at least a decade at that point. And what I did was go into a new organization that I was hired to build out a PMO in a very important part of the organizations. Some people say the most important part of this organization that I was working in. And when I was there to build out the PMO, I did know that I had to do exactly what this person that submitted the survey question was doing. I went around and talked to all of the key stakeholders. I started building relationships. I started asking all the right questions. And then I got myself in a little bit of trouble. And here's why. Because when I was having those conversations with the business leaders, and I remember specifics, I remember, I can close my eyes and remember being in the room, especially with some of those really scary stakeholders that were running business units in part of the organization. I remember talking to them and listening to them vent about their challenges and talk about their frustrations and talk about what was working and what was not working. And with those stakeholders, I got really different responses. I remember one person I talked to was really excited and engaged and ready to dive in because they didn't have any of that capability, the program management capability and support for all the strategy delivery project that they wanted to do. And my organization was there to support them. So I started having conversations with them about what we could potentially do to help support them. And they were really excited and on board and like, great, when can we start? And then there were other people I talked to where I felt like I was having to convince them that the PMO could help them because they were kind of, I don't know, kind of a siloed organization and really didn't want to rely on anybody outside of their own team to get things done, you know, kind of wanted to maintain control. And I get it because if you don't know how this other service that is more at an enterprise level can support you, you just want to own your own space, do it your own way. And a lot of people feel like if they have control, they can guarantee the outcomes that they're being measured by. So this person that was running this other business unit had created pretty much an organization in and of itself in the broader organization that could run completely independently. And the smart thing is, is that this person had great control and was successful because they had done it this way. So it was really hard to get them to open up and to share ideas and to embrace the idea of working with my team. So I dug in the right way, asked the right questions, learned about what mattered to this person, learned about their challenges learned about what they needed to do differently, learned about where we might have an opportunity. And then when I found that kind of thread of opportunity, I started to pull on it more and more and more. And it turns out that there were some things that this business leader could use that my team could provide. So I found my way in and I found myself saying to this business leader, the other business leaders, all the ones that were interested, excited, or where I finally got them to the excitement. Yes, we can do that. Absolutely. That's something we can help you with. And that's where I kind of went a little wrong. <laughs> and it wasn't that I was wrong that we could help them. We absolutely could. The problem was I didn't put any expectations on it. And I would say, yes, we can do that. And yes, we can do this. And yes, absolutely, we can do that. But I didn't say, and we'll need to work through figuring out when and how. We'll have to work with you to get at requirements. We'll have to get all of the business leaders together and prioritize together, et cetera. I just said, yes, we can do that. And in the process, I basically set some expectations without setting expectations, meaning because I didn't set realistic expectations with this person or with the other person or with all these business leaders I talked to, 
to, they all were expecting their pain points to get addressed first. And that caused a lot of trouble for me later because it kind of turned into a what have you done for me lately kind of conversation whenever I would talk to the executives. So now I know a different way to handle it. Now I know step one is building those relationships, asking good questions, hearing about their pain points, really important to come back together with all of those stakeholders to prioritize as a group. What we teach our students how to do at key points in the process of building and elevating a PMO is to keep those stakeholders engaged. You engage them early, but you also engage them often, meaning you do that early engagement to ask the questions and hear about their pain points, but then you've got to go do a little bit of work, which I'm going to talk to you about in the following steps, and then you need to come back to those stakeholders and present the list of all the pain points and challenges and put together a presentation like we have our students do. I have a template presentation that says, put this on this slide, do this next, talk about this here. And if they're in the coaching, I actually review and give them feedback on their presentations, which helps them just knock it out of the park. I mean, it's so kind of, it's so exciting to see when our students come back after they have done their draft, gotten feedback from me, gotten feedback from their peers, and then go and present it and then share back to the group. It's just amazing. It just works every time. And it's just so cool because we just know how to help you do this. So that's why I'm sharing a few of these tips today is that I know how to help you do this. And we've been through it myself for 15 years before starting my company. And then over the last 10 with our students, our clients, and I just want to make it easier for you. Okay. So there are key points. You have to go back to those stakeholders at the end of the assessment process, what we call our stage two work. You have to go back and present to the business leaders and get them to help you do the prioritization. They need to prioritize and you can't get to solutions here yet. And that's one of the mistakes that PMO leaders make is they think they're ready for solutions and they're not. And I'm going to show you exactly why in a minute, but you have to get them to prioritize the pain points because that's what they know about. That's what they're experts in. And then you have some more homework to do. And then later in the process, once you have determined the services and the solutions and then you've built out your roadmap, then you go back to them and show them the whole path, their pain points, the solutions to address those pain points, the outcomes, the impacts, and how you're going to measure success. And you lay that out on a two-year roadmap. That's what we do in stage three and then stage four. And then in stage five, you start delivering stuff, right? So starting with that most important service that you need to deliver. So let's backtrack a little now that you know about the presentations. Let's backtrack a little to after you've had the conversations with your business leaders and your stakeholders and you've heard all these pain points and you're feeling a little stressed out or overwhelmed because there's so many things you want to fix. Okay. First, again, it's awesome that you are asking the right questions and building those relationships that will come in super handy as you're going through the rest of this process. Second, what you're hearing is most likely symptoms. It's not usually root causes because what you're stakeholders are telling you is about their experience. Those are usually symptoms and you want to collect the symptoms because you're going to come back and use them in the presentations and all of the communications you have with them. And it really helps with your communications and marketing over time. There's so much there, but you also have to make sure that you take the time to diagnose the root causes instead of addressing symptoms. What happens when you address symptoms is that you waste a lot of time playing whack-a-mole. 
Do you know Whack-A-Mole? Remember maybe when you were a kid and you would go to an arcade and they had that big obnoxious mallet that you would use to like bang on all these different heads that would pop up? It's actually kind of gross now that I think about it. That Whack-A-Mole game, that is what it will feel like if you start addressing symptoms instead of root causes. You will be spending a lot of time running around, banging on this problem and that problem and trying to stamp out all of the challenges and they will just keep popping up in other places. The minute you think you've got something solved, it's going to pop up somewhere else. How do I know? Because when you put a bandage on a symptom, it's just going to find another weak spot to appear. So you might stop in one place, but it's just going to pop up somewhere else and cause problems for you, even bigger problems potentially, because you covered it in the wrong places instead of getting to those root causes. So instead of playing whack-a-mole or trying to put a bandage on a symptom, you have to get to the root cause. You have to get to what is actually creating these symptoms. And here's the good news. Usually there are a lot fewer root causes than symptoms. So while it feels incredibly overwhelming and trying to figure out where to focus first seems like a big challenge, if you do the work to get to the root causes, you will find that there are fewer of those that when you address just one of them, you can have a ripple effect of positive outcomes because several symptoms go away. Now, I've watched this happen time and time again with our Impact Engine system participants and Impact Accelerator Mastermind students. So I'm promising you, this is not just our experience. This is every single PMO or strategy delivery team we have ever worked with in 25 years, my own and with everyone that we have taught these techniques. So we teach you how to do all that root cause analysis. And actually I have experts come in and teach it in the impact accelerator and mastermind as well as it being, it's also in the impact engine system. So I know that this works, get to those root causes. You will find that there are fewer of those. And then that helps you figure out where to focus your energy to get your biggest bang for your buck. Now with those root causes in hand, it's a lot easier to go back to your stakeholders who have prioritized the pain points and then show how the pain points are connected to those fewer root causes. And it gives you a much shorter list of things that you need to fix. And then for your MVP cycle, we call it your minimum viable product. This is if you're first cycle through in following our impact engine system, what we teach you to do is to pick your first thing you're going to fix. Now, how do you figure out what the first thing is to fix once you've gotten to those root causes? There's a few techniques. You could use the low hanging fruit approach. Since you know the symptoms and the root causes now, you can figure out which of those root causes you could put a solution in place for quickly. So what's the one thing that you could do quickly that would address multiple symptoms and show value right away? Another technique you can use is finding a trusted partner or an advocate or a champion that is willing to let you pilot one of your services with them first. You don't want to start with your biggest naysayers first. Now, a lot of this is covered in what we do in the organizational change management and the stakeholder assessment work in stage two, so that when you go into stage three and you look at the solutions that you can build, you are then ready to say, okay, here's the solution to address this root cause that we're going to tackle first, because we know we can either get it out quickly, or we know we have somebody willing to beta test this with us, someone willing to try something out, see if it works, tweak, give us feedback, make it an iterative process. And that can be hugely helpful because then you can show value and then you let them be the voice of success. You share their success story and you have them share their success story with others as 
as a way to get further buy-in and support from other parts of the organization. So let's say you have a series of pain points that lead to one specific root cause that you're going to focus on. And with that root cause, you know that a champion for you, maybe it's your sponsor or a business unit where you have a really strong partnership, they're willing to let you roll out that service with them first and pilot it and build it together and give you good feedback. That's where you start. Then you let their success with that solution. And you could do all this really quickly. We teach people how to do this in 90 day cycles. You take that first service and you get their success story and you use that to then be the marketing pitch to the other groups. Remember, you do not want to sell the PMO ever, ever, ever. But marketing is a different conversation. Marketing is about tying the pain points that your business leaders and your stakeholders have with the solution you provide and showing proof of that with those early adopters or those champions for your change. Their success becomes your success. It's so much easier to show the value of the PMO when you are measuring your customer's success instead of trying to convince them that you're successful because of these services you have. Your customers are what actually drive the success. Your stakeholders, their return on investment for their strategy is your success. And that's what you should be measuring and focusing on. Okay. So my advice to you though, is to go wide or go deep, but not both. Not for this first service, because you need to get it out fast. One really important thing to think about is that PMO leaders do not have a lot of time to show value. And for this case, for this person that submitted the question, they've been there seven months, and if they haven't rolled any services out yet, that's a problem. That is a long time to wait. And so we want to make sure that we're getting that low-hanging fruit or the MVP cycle done as quickly as possible. That's why in the Impact Engine system, we have you go through cycles in 90 days. Your first 90 days on the job already showing value in week nine is amazing and exactly what your business leaders are looking for. You're building relationships, you're asking questions, you're rolling out that MVP, you're getting good feedback, you're using that in your marketing to other parts of the organization, and you just keep iterating your way to impact. You don't want to be there for seven months and not have rolled out any services or capabilities. But the secret is the MVP and the content concept of iterating your way to impact, which is how we have our students do it. So go wide or go deep, but don't do both with the first service because then you won't get something out quickly. If you go wide, then you could have like one root cause addressing many symptoms and you put one solution in place and you address a lot of different symptoms with that and you do it in a way that gets that early adoption and the feedback and the support and the engagement and the excitement and all the things, but it's for one solution you put in place. A good example of this is if you have a lot of people complaining that they don't know what work is happening in the organization, a very, very simple, I mean, I'm talking super simple spreadsheet with a list of all the projects for all the different departments. And that takes a little while to do and collect to gather and get people on board with doing it. That can be a game changer for people just to see what work there is. Not to mention when you can iterate your way to impact and add the green, yellow, red, well, we call it brag status because we do black, red, amber, green. Or you could also add like, you know, the timeline and who the project manager is and some basics. Like I'm talking basics here. Sometimes in some organizations, that's all they need to start making different decisions. When they say, wow, we have 643 projects going on. Yeah, no wonder we're not getting anything done. We have split focus, right? Or they say, wow, look at all these things we have going on. Everything's moving so slowly. Yeah, because you haven't prioritized yet and everything's number one priority, right? So these are the better 
conversations you can have just by having a list. So it doesn't have to be super complicated. Over time, you'll add prioritization and you'll add more data points and you'll have great information that's driving actions and decisions. But you could start with the list. That could be your MVP. You get something out there that at least shows all the work that's happening, which answers the pain point. I don't even know what work is going on, right? So that's an example of going wide. You could potentially do that for a whole bunch of different business units all in one 90-day cycle. Or you could go deep. Like if you have a lot of resistance in your organization, which by the way, if you have resistance, that's on you, not on them. People are not resistant to change. I promise you, if you've ever met anyone that's gotten married or had children, then you understand people are not resistant to change. They don't like change being done to them. But if you're hitting that resistance, then you need to say, okay, I might want to start with wherever I have that change champion or that sponsor or that key stakeholder or that trusted partner that's going to work with me to get this first service rolled out. And then you can go deeper in one department where you have that advocate that you can count on to be your champion, right? So go wider, go deep, but don't do both. And then the whole approach here is iterating your way to impact. You want to start earlier than seven months. First of all, it's great you're having conversations, but you don't need to talk to every single stakeholder in the organization before you can start showing value. You have to start showing value early. So all the things I'm telling you to do, I would recommend that you're doing those in your first 90 days and you start having conversations with stakeholders and then you start getting that MVP rolled out while you continue talking to more stakeholders. You don't need to fix every problem in your first 90 days, in your first seven months, in your first year. You need to start, right? That's the secret here. Just get going. Make some progress. Solve some problems. Because what we often get challenged with is feeling like we have to be perfect. We have to have all the answers. We have to have everything done. But let me tell you, my friend, perfection is the enemy of progress. And when you are not making progress, you will lose credibility quickly. You don't have a long time to show value. So you've got to show it quickly and you've got to show it by getting something in front of them. So you start asking good questions, just like this person did well, they were engaging, they were asking questions, they were building relationships. And then they said, oh my gosh, we have too many things to fix. That's when you follow these steps that I'm talking about here. So number one, what you are hearing is probably symptoms, not root causes. So you have to get to those root causes first. And when you get to those root causes, there's actually fewer of those. You can find the one or few that you can start with. You have to bring your stakeholders with you through this process to have them help you prioritize those symptoms so that whatever root causes you focus on are the root causes that are tied to those most pressing pain points. And then you look at how you do your first MVP cycle, your minimum viable product with either trusted partners and advocates that can be your voice of success when they find value, or you can go wide and go across different business units, but only do one thing. And then you keep iterating your way to impact. Okay, so that's the deal. That's what you do. And I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't even take notes fast enough. I hear you. I move quickly to make sure these episodes are digestible and give you little pieces and parts as best I can. But really, if you're asking these same questions and if you were taking furious notes during this episode or wish you weren't driving so you could have or wish you weren't at the gym so you could have and you're planning to go back and listen to it later, I'm telling you, you belong in the Impact Engine system and Impact Accelerator Mastermind. That is exactly what I walk you step by step by step through doing. And it's why our students are just knocking it out of the park in organizations all around the world. This is exactly what you do and we do with you. 
You can always go to pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash IES for Impact Engine System to learn more about our program, how it works, what we do, and how we are helping PMO and strategy delivery leaders around the world make a bigger impact. Okay, that's it for this episode. Make sure you sign up for our free Celebrate and Elevate event on May 9th, International PMO Day, where we are going to celebrate PMOs globally, and we are going to show you how to elevate your PMO in your organization in ways that you probably haven't even considered. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO Day, submit the question you want to make sure I address on International PMO Day, and let me know if you want one of those limited coaching hot seats where I can give you some live real-time coaching to address your toughest challenge and you can walk away from the day with a clear action plan of how you are going to make a bigger impact quickly. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO day. I cannot wait to see you there. Bye-bye for now.